0: Is your debt causing you sleepless nights? Knock your debt out with Debt KO. And your debt won't be the only thing keeping you up at night. Debt KO, free impartial advice on all your debt. Who wins? Roy Jones or Mike Tyson?
1: Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson. If Mike Tyson touches him, Roy Jones gets cleaned. <laughs> Trust me. Let's think about this. The back end of Roy Jones' career, he was getting knocked spark. Right? And so, so obviously, obviously, if he gets hit hard enough, I don't know what size the gloves are. I, I, I don't know what the terms are. Is it, is it eight twos or eight three-minute rounds? If it's eight three-minute rounds, then my decision will be different because Roy can blah, 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 get out of the way. He's going to get hit once. And if he gets hit once from Mike Tyson, we've seen his punch resistant, isn't what it was. If you get hit by Mike Tyson, regardless of how old Mike, t- Mike is or how much he's got in the tank, you just need one of them to whiz past you. The wind will take you out. So, so I'm gonna side with Mike because Roy, um, um, Mike's chin never went, whereas Roy's did. He just takes one of them. But I mean, this is, this is an exhibition
0: but do you think it will actually be an <laughs> exhibition about Tyson and Roy Jones Jr.?
1: <laughs> I don't know if I told you, but I got Tommy Hearns tried to con me into that exhibition line. I was doing a, uh, uh, a Q&A with him somewhere in England. And I was sat next to him and when we are all having a meal, I said, what bouts did you have now? And he's going through all the titles he had and he said, hey, I was WBO champion between 1998 and 1993. Like, and 2003, I'm like, no, you weren't. He said, yeah, I was. So we are like two little kids, you weren't, dread. I was. I was cruiserweight champion until 2005 plus. I was. He went, no, no, no. The man's arguing with me hard, you know, saying he was WBO cruiserweight champion. I thought, punch it, he's gone. And so he turned to his manager that was with him. Tell this guy, wasn't I WBO champion? He said, no, no, you were IBO cruiserweight champion. I thought, yes, I. So Tommy was a bit pissed. So Tommy then said, I'll tell you what, why don't me and you, have a fight and we'll say it's an exhibition. That's how we get around the commissions. And I'm like, is it for real? Number one, he's old, that's how I broke him up. (laughs) Number two, he's old and I broke him up. So anyway, so I just, I'm like, he kept going and he was rabbiting in my ear. Anyway, that was done, the dinner was done. For about three months afterwards, he was, his people were ringing to say, do you want to do this, are we doing this? And I told Brendan and Brendan said, Johnny, don't do it, and I'm like, Do you think I'd not beat a Tommy Ernst? Look how old he is. That's why I beat him. So, uh, so, uh, he said, Johnny, you can't win because if you beat him and hurt him, it's not going to go down too well. If he beats you, that's not going to down down too well. so he said, keep out of it. And I'm like, Okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, but what I'm saying is, so, so guys like Mike and guys like Roy and guys like Nigel Ben and all the old school boys we still think we can find our head the reality of the situation is when it comes to it we can't train like we used to do we're knackered it takes us a week to get over a, a, a week so you train a week yeah rest a week you train, you, your, your body's too tired it's not recovering fast enough and this why that's why this fight's been delayed delayed because when they thought it take him six months to get ready it's taken eight months to get ready when they're thinking well I can do this all right, let's, let's, let's jig it around a little bit mm-hmm. Roy's just taking this because Roy's got a fighter's mentality but if he gets touched on the chin it's done he still thinks like he's 22 he's not 22 he's done forget that don't fall into that sucker's trap because we all do it
0: do you know what if you ever think about doing one of these fights yeah we won't have no part of it
2: <laughs> why yes do I want to see yes you will.
0: get ironed out <laughs> Listen to 65 me. 65 or whatever you are
1: Oh my God! N- number one, listen to me. Why I I, I'm 53. Black, don't crack. Look at that. Look. So look so, well for 53. I will say that. So I wrote? You look alright. You look
0: alright for 53.
1: Definitely. But, but, but what I'm saying is, I won't do it anyway. You've got to get it in the head. You can't do. We all think we can still fight. I listen. I still do exhibitions with like rugby players, ex-rugby players, and people like that in working men's clubs and everything. It's a good little learn actually. But but because it looks easy from the outside in until they get in and you know they'll have all their extra rugby mates there and fans there and, and like you think oh here we go and so it's probably it's easy pickings but i would never i would never do this because i'm never going to get the same adulation and, and 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 uh whatever the gap that comes when i used to fight i'm never going to be that good again so i'm stupid i'll sit I'll, back i
0: fight you in an exhibition
1: no, you'll get hurt, man. I don't want to knock those tattoos off your skin.
0: <laughs> I'll fight you in an exhibition.
1: No, because you'll get hurt. And then will be classed as a bullet. You call it cookie bear. I can't lose
0: that, can I? Because if I manage to hit you over the head with a lamp, right? <laughs> I ain't told you about Sri Lankan rules yet. If I hit you <laughs> over the head with a lamp, I'll win. If you knock me out, people are go, oh, it's Johnny Nelson, would not it? Obviously. Yeah,
1: what a bullet. Yeah, exactly. No, it's so this not a about, bullet. I'll... I'll, I'll I'll gracefully decline the offer, but thank you. But I'll gracefully decline. I'll, I'll happy. I'm happy to sit and just whinge and bitch. I'm to do it in your garden. No cameras. Again. So what happens then? But when you get sparked, you're going to do me for assault. Why that do you? I'm going to get sparked. I'm a machine. I'm a proper machine. You're a machine
0: I am. Idiot. You ain't no machine. You're you Look, Look, Look at him. Look at
1: him. Look at him. Pain and peanut. Pain and peanut. That's what they call. Please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but good on them. Listen, if they're earning some money, especially at this age, this part, this time in the career, good on them. I'm happy for them, um, and 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 nothing but respect for any fighters that can still make a living out of this sport after being retired so long. I just think there are probably easier ways to do it.
0: Is your debt causing you sleepless nights? Knock your debt out with debt KO. And your debt won't be the only thing keeping you up at night. Debt KO. Free, impartial advice on all your debt.
3: I've known Joe for a couple of years now, properly sparring him. But this is the best shape I've ever seen him in, in terms of his his body fat's reduced a lot. He's, he was, when we think about when he fought, uh, is it Wallish? He fought Wallish. He was yeah. coming very heavy, like 19 stones. Still still not in bad shape, but just a lot chunkier. Now he's he's thinned out and slimmed down and 12 rounds, he's moving around for the whole 12 rounds, no problem. So we're going to see the best Joe Joyce.
4: I assume you're obviously backing your man, Joe Joyce, to get the victory next week.
3: Yeah, I'm backing Joe, but I know Daniel's, we all know Daniel's a powerful, powerful puncher and
5: he's got great experience himself and he's
3: he's a good operator himself, but, it's a 50-50 fight we know that that's why everybody's so excited about it but i think joe's the man who's going to put going to pull through and, and stopping him later on.
6: hey
1: my fans it's michelle
6: joy phelps if you haven't already subscribed to our youtube channel make sure you do so by clicking this
1: icon right here or else
4: he's dangerous he's got dynamite in both fists this is a big fight for boxing
0: fans all around the world. Uh, how to exploit Joe's um, weaknesses and and
4: recognise his strengths.
7: Frank Warren suggested that the winner of this fight will go on. So let's talk about Daniel Dubois against Joe Joyce this Saturday. Uh, highly anticipated fight as, as a kind of fan and fellow boxer. Are you looking forward to it?
4: Yeah. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I am. And as I said before, I think, I think both men deserve credit definitely for, um, for the, on the initial one, just taking the fight and then being able to get it done in a, in a circumstance like this where everything's going on in the world. And, and then again to, I guess to Frank and BT's credit that it's not a pay-per-view either is, um, is always a big thing. So, yeah, credit to, to them all around for just putting this on for the fans because it's definitely something we, we've we wanted to see for a while and, and obviously it's been hanging in the balance for a while as well with everything. So, yeah, I'll, I'm really looking forward to it. And have you sparred one, both, neither? I've sparred uh, both quite a bit. So for the majority of this whole camp, well, his camp and my camp, me and Joe, me and Joe were sparring. Um, so I was back and forth there with him for weeks and in the in the very early stages of my career me and Daniel have done loads and loads of rounds we we actually had our debuts on the exact same days and just we we just sparred a lot in them early couple of years really was the peacock wasn't particularly far from me there was always there was always the happy to have me down and whatever else and we needed rounds so yeah I've done quite a few rounds with the pair of them to be honest
7: We've lucked out here then. <laughs> in this
4: yeah.
7: Um, starting with Joe, you've obviously sparred him in the past, but then been with him regularly this camp. How has he changed or developed in that time?
4: Um, well, this would be my first time kind of ever sparring with him, so I haven't seen too much oh, okay, kind of development of him. Okay. Yeah, I wouldn't have known him from the past or anything like that at all. Um, not with Joe, with Daniel more so. Um, but with Joe, Joe's like you—you you know what you're going to get from him. You know exactly what you get, and he's well experienced as well. So he knows how to manage, not just himself in the ring, but how to manage kind of his his how he goes about it, how he sets the pace for a fight, his range, his distance, where he is, what he's doing. Um, there's just a lot of knowledge he has in his head that he's able to use in the ring. On obviously when you're sparring or, or on a fight night.
7: And. You say, obviously, you know what you're going to get from him. I think most people who fought him would say the same thing. But how easy is it to combat what he brings?
8: That's the
4: thing. Like, There's no surprises with Joe. He's not going to suddenly be extremely light on his toes and box on the back foot or whatever else. He's going to come forward. He's going to throw a lot of punches and put it on you. But... As much as you may know that, it's no it it doesn't make it any easier when he's when that six foot six man is storming towards you and wants to take your head off it. Just because you know what he's gonna do doesn't make it any easier at all. Um so having to having to deal with that is what makes it difficult because there's not many heavyweights that have that kind of style that is just constant go, 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 go. Because don't get me wrong, there's some big heavyweights out there, there's some that come forward, but a lot of them take little breaks, they take little stops, little rests and whatever, and you can work in between those gaps. But with him, it's just go, 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 and, and trying to deal with that, trying to deal with the fact that someone's always in front of you, there's such a presence, they know their way around the ring and, and how to manoeuvre you and manage you and whatever else, it, it just creates a lot of problems to deal with.
7: What can you tell us about Dubois? Obviously, it was some time ago when you guys sparred, but you know, he's developed since you've developed since, but what do you remember from those early sessions and, and from watching him since, how do you think he's improved since then? In what areas?
4: Um, I think it, with Daniel again, he was always very, he was very well-schooled ABA wise. He were very straight down the pipe, very clean, very crisp. Um, and he was always obviously a big, big guy and a massive puncher. So, um, but I think the where I've seen him develop, because we haven't sparred for a good few years now, um, but just watching fights and clips of him and whatever else, my, only, my criticism criticism sorry of him when before was, I never thought he was particularly imaginative with his punches or combinations or, or just setups in general. Because he was so big, so long and so strong, he almost just punched through the target, whether your guard was there or not. He never really worried about getting around it, getting anywhere else. He just went through the gloves and went straight down the pipe with it. Um, so that was my kind of early, early criticism of him. And but as I've seen him, he's got more, got more kind of flexible in his work. He's he's changed up angles. He's he he works with the body a bit more and stuff. And he he doesn't just try and smash through it. There's more finesse to his game now.
7: What sort of fight do you expect? Because they're both known as aggressive operators, but on the biggest stage, very important fight. Could it be a bit more thoughtful? Could it be a bit more kind of
4: standoffish early on? Um, no, I don't think Joe will let it be. I think that if anyone was going to, I think Daniel would be the slightly more reserved. Um, more so because he's the the more inexperienced guy, the obviously the younger guy. And I think it benefits his style more to be to have a bit of a slower pace, to box more at range. Um, So if anyone was going to lean that way, I think it would be Daniel. Who
7: hits harder, at least from your experience?
4: From my experience, um, Daniel, out of the pair, has hit me harder. But I may even give that to, obviously, when we were sparring those times, me and myself, I was quite naive and I wasn't the best at riding shots, covering shots, or just protecting myself so that'll probably be my um my judgment on that one
7: and i don't know if it'll be kind of recency bias or if you want to stay loyal to joe because you've worked with him more recently but i have to ask you given the opportunity how mm. do you see the fight panning out who, who wins and how
4: it's a hard one because obviously being in being in the bubble as well i've got asked this this question quite a bit and i've admitted to my own admittance i am on the fence but i just It's just, it's too, it's too hard for me to separate because they both have contrasting styles and things that can beat the other one, but it's just about who on the night is going to be that guy to, to take control of the situation, take control of the fight, manage it in the way that benefits them best. Um, But like uh, my answer is probably similar to everyone else's in the fact that it's, it's a fight of two halves that if. If Joe can be a bit evasive for two for for the first half of the fight, let Daniel miss a few shots, let him just wear himself through a bit and and get there into the second half where he is obviously more experienced, knows how to do it, and just kind of his more favorable area, then it can be more kind of his game of then really stepping the pressure on, putting it on him and wearing him through. Whereas if if Daniel can stick nice and sharp early on and get through get through that guard because. I Joe has been, been known to be quite lazy in them earlier rounds of that mm. he gets caught with a, quite a few shots and it's it may be testament part and part to him just with the level of opposition he's been in he's not been bothered about them so he just thinks, like, fuck it, I'll just walk through and I'll, I will get you but I'll mate, take a few but it doesn't matter because eventually I will get you so that's, that's worked for him in the past I just hope that that's not the mentality he takes with this one I don't think it will be because... He, he understands what Daniel's game will be. Um, but yeah if if Daniel can take advantage of that slow start from Joe sometimes that he's known to do then then it could be his fight within six. Okay so
7: 5050.
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fair <laughs> Bang on 50 50 for me, unfortunately. No, nah, that's fine. All
7: right, well, really appreciate your time. Um, hopefully, a fight will be announced for you in due course, but enjoy the rest. Hopefully, lockdown will be lifted in a couple of weeks as well. Fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers Depending crossed. On which area you're in, obviously. But yeah,
4: <laughs>
7: um, but yeah appreciate it, and um, best of luck in
4: the next few weeks. Cool. Cheers, bud. Thank you very much.
9: people today I just wanted to talk about the upcoming fight on Saturday or the upcoming exhibition on Saturday I need to correct myself there um, between Mike Tyson and Roy Jones jr so this is set to take place at the Staples Center in Los Angeles with no crowd on this Saturday the 28th of November as I said they're scheduled to box eight two-minute rounds with 12 ounce gloves no headguards no vest so it's a real strange kettle of fish here and, and, and it is we don't really quite what to make of it but we've got a got kind of look I suppose at what we know how we've got here and then what we think is going to happen. The other reason is, you know, why are we watching this? And I think there's the key. What do we think is going to happen? We always used to watch Tyson, because you never knew what was going to happen with that guy. You know, we had the Amanda Holyfield ear-biting, trying to break Franz Bota's arm, you know, pushing the referee away, um, you know, against Louis Cerevese, threatening to eat Lennox Lewis's children, even when he didn't have any children, but you know, Tyson was always unpredictable, and it was that unpredictability that kept us tuning in, even when you know he wasn't the amazing, great, dominating fighter uh, that we knew in the in, in the late 80s. So that's maybe the reason we're tuning in. But how do we get here? So interestingly enough, on Sunday it was 34 years to the day since Mike Tyson won his th- the heavyweight title from Trevor Burbick, 1986. So Tyson won the, his first heavyweight title in 1986 and reigned you know, until 1990 with the upset with Buster Douglas. So, and then you know, obviously we know with the imprisonment and then coming out and then regaining portions of the title and then running into Holyfield and so on, you know, up until, you know, really he was, it, it was active up until um, 2005 when, you know, he had his last fight and walked away from the sport said he wasn't interested anymore. So Jones um, came up, interestingly enough, if you say Tyson won his first heavyweight title in uh, 1986 on the 22nd of November, Jones won his first heavyweight title in 2003. So Jones came along, even though he's only uh, three years younger than Tyson, because Tyson is now 54 and Jones is now 51. Um, Jones, obviously, Tyson was the youngest heavyweight champion in history. Jones matured at a more, you know, acceptable rate. He was first made his debut at middleweight, one more titles at middleweight and super middleweight. Um, And Light Heavyweight eventually moving up, as I said, in 2003 to dethrone John Ruiz um, to win the version of the WBA title. So, you know, that was kind of Jones's high point. Then he dropped back down to Light heavy, was beaten by Antonio Tava. So there was a lot of talk of this fight happening in 2003 when Jones moved up. Now, Tyson had been beaten in 2002 by Lewis which maybe ended his claims to you know, be the best on the planet. He was comprehensively beaten by Lennox Lewis, but 2003, he was still floating around. You know, He was one of the top heavyweights. Jones dethroned Ruiz, and these guys are similar size. That's gonna be, I think, the surprising thing when we see them box, is that, you know, Jones is actually gonna be, coming from middleweight, Jones is gonna be the taller guy at 5'11", Tyson is 5'10", uh, Jones' reach is 74 inches, Tyson's reach is 71 inches. So the physical disparity is not gonna be there if you think it's an ex-middleweight champ against an ex-heavyweight champ. You know, you're not gonna see that. So this fight was talked about and mooted in 2003. Because they were similar sizes, it was going to be exciting. Nothing ever came of it. And then Tyson in 2004 was beaten by Danny Williams, which kind of put paid to his aspirations at the top level. And he bumped along for a little bit and then retired. As I say, Jones dropped down to heavyweight, back to light heavyweight, uh, to fight Antonio Tava, and then was was iced in the, in the second fight with Tava. And it kind of, in a way, that was the end of the Jones legend. The high point was the dethroning Ruiz, and he just looked unassailable through that, that that whole period from the first middleweight titles up to that heavyweight title. And then, you know, he's carried on. His last competitive boxing match was, was two years ago at Cruiserweight. You know, he kind of established himself at Cruiserweight. There were a few more stoppages, but there were a lot more wins than there were stoppages. So, you know, he's been very active, you know, and he's never had any time off. You know, he's always been boxing throughout, all right? He's been semi-retired for the last two years, hasn't had a competitive boxing match, but you often see him, he's training Chris Eubank Jr. now. So you often see him in the gym, training next to Eubank Jr. and looking very, very sharp. Tyson obviously went away um, after that loss to Kevin McBride in 2005. Said he'd had enough, put on quite a bit of weight, you know. Went uh, and but then seemed to kind of redeem himself, regular on the sort of you know chat so circuit as it is now. Um, and then in the last year has totally transformed his physique, and you know looks fantastic. And we've seen these little pads of Tyson on the pads on the body belt where he's looked phenomenal. And then as you know, and then all this came about because Tyson a little while ago said, look, I would fight you know, anyone for a few million quid. And somebody mooted this idea, then he was gonna fight Evander Holyfield, he was gonna fight various names, and all of a sudden Jones came into the picture, and it's Tyson Jones. It was set for September 12th this year, and I think what happened is they just didn't realize what they had, because this just broke the internet. When they said, you know, Tyson Jones are gonna fight, and it was gonna go out on Triller, they were gonna get a few million dollars, it was all good, and I think somebody obviously came along and said, listen, you don't know what you've got here, this is just, you know, the perfect lockdown fight, This is the perfect, you know, the, 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 the interest is intense, you've got to capitalize on this, we need to get this out worldwide, it's a global event, you know, you need somebody controlling this, making the maximum amount of money out, out of it. So they put the event back, and here we are, November the 28th, and that's where we're gonna see this, exhibition, and this is the key point. Um, It is an exhibition. The California State Athletic Commission has licensed it as an exhibition. So there's no judges in attendance. The referee will have a lower standard of intervention. So unusually enough, you know, in a fight, a referee may well be saying to them, look, will you calm down? You're not trying to knock each other out, just calm it down. You know, obviously you don't see that in a regular fight. So the referee will be there. I mean, exhibitions again to get to go on to this. Champions very often used to box exhibitions before widespread YouTube, widespread television. You know, people wanted to see their heroes. Muhammad Ali was the really probably the last I'd say champion to box a lot of exhibitions. He would very often box exhibitions in between his fights, just so his fans could see him for a few rounds in the ring. Um, And you know, Tyson did this as well. Tyson boxed a few exhibitions in his prime, so he would come on an undercard and box a four-round exhibition. Interestingly enough, Tyson last boxed an exhibition in 2006, the year after he retired. He boxed it with um, a really good fighter called Corey Sanders, who you famously remember knocked out Vladimir Klitschko. Sanders was also retired. They boxed a four-round exhibition. And you know what, Peter, this is the weird thing. Nobody was particularly interested. You know, it wasn't a big crowd. It was just like, you know, there you go. I have a little run out, boys. And, you know, I, I think Tyson was wearing a t-shirt. He looked quite flabby. Nobody was interested. And now the whole world is going to tune into this exhibition with Jones. Um, but having said, there's no scoring, and they're not supposed to be knocking each other out. They have said in the prelims that it's a fight; they're really going to go for it, and we're going to—we don't know what's going to happen. Jones has said, you know, he's worried about being killed and all this sort of stuff. You know, so they're treating it in the way that you run up to a fight and you try and generate interest in that same sort of way, and they've definitely succeeded. But an interesting thing about this is the WBC have kind of got involved. And yes, it's an exhibition. Yes, there's no crowds. Yes, there's no judges. The WBC are going to be doing remote judging. So they've recruited three former WBC champions, including Vinny Pasina. They're going to score the fight over the eight rounds. And the winner, Will be presented with a special belt that WBC have made. They seem to be in the business of minting these one-off belts. This is called a frontline battle belt. It will be emblazoned with Black Lives Matter on the front, and it will be presented to whoever the WBC remote judges think is the winner of that fight. So, you know, there's lots of strange things going on. Interestingly enough, as well, almost like a proper fight, they've all they both agreed to drug testing, with the exception of marijuana. So they're not being tested for marijuana, I presume because Tyson owns a, a marijuana farm. So, you know, what I mean? you'd, you'd take that as red. So a very strange event that we're going into and it almost is like celebrity boxing. Um, you know, on, on the undercard, you know, you've got uh, you've got Jake Paul uh, boxing a uh, former NBA star. You've got a UFC star, a heavyweight uh, in, in a boxing match. You've got uh, you've got Baddy Jack, obviously a proper legitimate ex-world champion boxing, um, and you know so you've got UFC, NBA, you've got uh, YouTube stars on there. So it you know it's a real event, and it just makes me think that why has this captured the imagination so much? Um, and I think you know chatting to some people I know, you know in the music industry, they were saying it's all nostalgia. Lockdown has brought about nostalgia. We haven't been buying and listening to new bands. You know we've been in lockdown and we've been listening to you know, Fleetwood Mac and Oasis and all the old bands, that this nostalgia, lockdown nostalgia, is I think what's fueling this. We all want to kind of take a look back, see what these guys can do, Um, you know, and and so here we are. It's going to be interesting, it's going to be exciting. What are we actually going to see? You know, again, I don't know. I think although Tyson has looked fantastic in these small clips on the pads, you know, we've not seen any footage of sparring, um and also you've got to look at the reality it looks like he's wow the clock back he looks like you know all these pictures have been popping up on my facebook page recently mike tyson you know in the 80s mike tyson in the 2020s so this photo was late 80s this photo is 2020 and there's not a massive amount of difference for 40 years although reality is probably about 31 years um you know in the way they look but you know let's let's remember when danny williams beat tyson in 2004 um you know Jim, jim mcdonald famously said look Tyson is a three-round fighter, Danny. If you get out of the first three rounds, you will you will take him. And the first three rounds were torrid, and then Danny did take him, and that was the you know, so Tyson has been a three-round fighter, I would say, for the last 20 years. So what has he done in the intervening period that's gonna boost him back up, apart from training hard in the last six months to a year? Well, you know, that's what's really going to show in the ring, because, you know, you might look great, but he hasn't lived well. You know, he's had his marijuana farm. He's very fond of that. And, um, you know, he has doesn't look like he's been training up until recently. Jones, on the other hand, has been regularly training and competing the whole time. Um, So, you know, they're going to come together. I've got a favour Jones in this match, although I think Tyson is going to be dangerous early. If he if he does come with the intention of knocking out Jones, I think he's only chance of doing it is probably in round one, maybe the start of round two. After that, I see it going all Jones. Remember, these are two minute rounds at Tyson's request. So he's got that, you know, the more of that breather time. But yeah, I really think, you know, I mean, I think as David Hay said, it's going to come down to who's been living the best in the last 20 years. And that is undoubtedly Jones. Um, but you know, what we're actually going to see, I don't know, are they just going to move around and show some show some skills? And you know, I mean, if if neither is that bothered about being knocked out, in other words, if they know they're not going to be knocked out, um, you know they will they will exhibit those skills. They'll be able to do a few more things, try a few more things. Um, but you know, if they are really worried about being KO'd, then you know you expect Jones to cover up, move, uses his, uses his speed, uses fleet of foot early, and just try and gas Tyson out, which is going to happen after Mike's thrown quite a few combinations. If he does for the first few rounds. Um, So in terms of scoring, if it goes to scoring, I expect Jones to be a winner, because by the end of it, I expect Jones to be kind of pot shot from the outside. Um, Yeah, if there is going to be a stoppage, it's probably going to be Tyson in round one, you know, or or, or the next round, or, or Jones could stop him late. That's the conventional boxing wisdom if you apply their respective records and styles, but as I say, you know what you're going to get with this, nobody really knows. You know, you will have to tune in to find out. I mean, my personal feeling on it, you know, why shouldn't they do it? I mean, is it, you know, it's uh, it's it's a bit of fun. Where this is going to go, again, we don't know. This is supposed to be Tyson's initial Legends League. It's like, like I say, if you look at the undercard, it's like celebrity boxing. So it's not real boxing, it's not proper boxing, it's not hugely competitive boxing. But you know, I think it will be interesting and exciting. You know, we, we would watch. You know, Agassi and Sampras do an exhibition, even though they're nothing like they were, You know, and, and I think we're going to watch these guys. As long as it's done properly, it'll be interesting. Where he goes with this, I don't know. I mean, Tyson came out yesterday saying he would box exhibitions with the leading heavyweights of the time, with the Tyson Fury, with the Anthony Joshua. That seems like a bit of a daft idea to me, but he's only saying exhibitions. He's not saying you know, he's going to actually box them properly. And maybe that's just to whet the appetite for this fight, because a lot of it is being sold on the nostalgia that Tyson can come back and compete at the top level, which is obviously an absolute impossibility. So I think sit back, get your popcorn, enjoy it for what it is. It's celebrity boxing. And, you know, I hope and I think it will probably be quite a bit of fun. And you never quite know what's going to happen. but, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't go the whole eight rounds, but not in the sense that somebody gets knocked out like one of Mike's old knockouts when people are flying around the ring like cartoon characters. Maybe somebody will retire with a sore shoulder or, you know, but we'll see. But uh, yeah, it's it's breaking the Internet. It's a global event. Um, you know, they managed to pull this off. I think it's lockdown nostalgia and fair play to them. Um, so. That's coming up on Saturday. And Peter, I just wanted to mention, only 82 days to Rumble Live. And we're gonna break some records with this show as well. We had 10,000 viewers on the live stream in 103 countries on the last show on 31st of October. This one is gonna be bigger and better. You know, fighters contacted me all the time when I get on this show. Really excited about it. It's 82 days, 30th of February, 2021, for our big celebrity boxing Rumble. So that's gonna be great. Thanks a lot.
6: Not too bad. Uh, I wanted to ask about your experience fighting in the bubble. You've been in there once before. How do you think that's going to uh, to impact you coming into this bout on Friday night?
8: Uh, the first the first time it caught me really un- unexpected, um, you know. But this time, you know, it's it's you know I'm more prepared. Um, we you know we brought a lot of stuff with us from home, you know, to help us with you know training in our room in the bubble, and um, the food here is actually so much better, you know. I remember the first bubble, you know, I was barely eating, you know, and losing so much weight. But now, you know, the food here is amazing. We got the room service here, you know, food from the from the restaurants downstairs. You know, it's actually it's going pretty good. I'm not complaining at all.
6: I I uh, I remember you were on the card last year for this YouTuber boxing event um, about a about a year ago. Uh, this last couple of weeks, your, your your pal Jake Paul is fighting again this weekend. Will you be watching on Saturday night at this incredible Mike Tyson Roy Jones card?
8: Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm fighting. I'm fighting Friday and I fly back Saturday. I'm probably going to be home around 3 o'clock, so I, I'll actually make it to watch the fight. Yeah, of course I'm, I'm excited, you know, I'm rooting for Jake and um, it's going to be, you know I'm, I'm, I'm really excited for you know, Mike Tyson and Roy Jones fight How do you think Jake's fight's going to go and how do you think Mike Tyson's fight's going to go? I think Jake is going to win because um, Nate never fought before you know, it's it's, you know, I understand he's like an athlete, you know ex-pro athlete, but you know, getting hit in the face is different than dribbling a ball. And um, with the Roy Jones and Mike Tyson fight, I'm rooting for Roy Jones because he's my favorite fighter. And I hope he boxes his whole the whole fight all ten rounds. Thank you very much for your time, man. Good afternoon, gentlemen. How are you doing, Nikita? What's
6: up, man? How's everything? <laughs> Everything's great, man. So I mean, you're part of this new uh, generational wave of t- very talented New York City fighters coming into the boxing. You know, what what do you feel separates you though, or makes you special from the others?
8: Uh, just just my image, my my message. You know, you know, like I, all these fighters, they look like actual fighters. You know, bus cuts. You know, mean mugging and everything. But you know, I look like a like a TikTok boy. Like you know, like what am I doing in the ring? But when people see me in the ring. They respect me so much more, you know, never judge a book by its cover. So, you know, I, I'm just, I feel like I'm really, really different. You know, I have a, you know, I, I just stand out a lot more than all these fighters. That's what I believe. Right. Now
6: you've been very active, you know, going into your professional career. Do you look to keep up this momentum going into 2021 or are you, as the fights get tougher, do you look on, you know, taking longer breaks and stuff like that?
8: On, you know, uh, just, you know, I'm going with the wave, going with the flow. You know, whatever happens, happens. But if we got the momentum going, we're going to keep it keep it going. If we're, you know, if we need to take a step back a little bit, we're going to take a step back. You know, it's it's a marathon, not a sprint. So, you know, we're just, you know, we're we're, we're doing everything smart. So, you know, we're just going going every, first we take care of one step and then we're going to the next step. So right now the first step is taking care of Friday, you know, getting that knockout, right? Right. <laughs> Thank you, champ. Thank you for your time. I wish you the best. Thank you.
5: Uh, Matt, please. It says Matt for Behind the Gloves. Um, cheers for joining us, Nikita. Um, for those who don't know, can you just explain to everyone and to the fans where your nickname came from? White My chocolate.
8: Name. Um... The real, the real, the real story is I'm white and chocolate from the waist down. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> that's, that's the, yeah, that, that's, that's my story. But, um, no, um, where it came from is, you know, I was, I grew up, you know, in a, you know, rough neighborhoods, you know, I'm, I'm the only white kid in all the gyms, you know, I'm like a light bulb there. So, and, you know, I was lighting this kid up and they were like, yo, this, this white kid, he got rhythm, he got style, you know, sort of move, call him white chocolate. And just from there, you know, everybody, everybody just, you know, just, you know, stuck with me.
5: Which fighter did you look up to before coming into the professional game? Was there was there a specific fighter that inspired you to make that step to be, you know, to become professional or just to start boxing in general?
8: Uh, well, I started boxing at a really young age, so I never really kind of like looked up to anybody. You know, it just kind of like my dad put me in, and it just like happened. I, you know, I was young. I didn't like I didn't really understand what was happening sorry for that um, you know i was really young just going along with the flow but as i was getting older i understood that i'm a fighter that you know this is my sport and so yeah i really didn't have nobody you know i guess i like you know roy jones junior many pacquiao but they you know they're not the reason they're not the reason why i started fighting you know i just started fighting because you know i'm a born fighter and yeah just you know that's why i started fighting
5: out of the current champions in the middleweight division, who do you regard as number one? And if you could pick who to face, who would it be?
8: Uh, number one, I don't really, I don't, I don't really watch nobody. I watch myself. But you know, in the future, I would love to fight Canelo. Fight. Um, I don't really have no names on top of, on top of my head. I really, I don't watch nobody. You know, whoever comes, you know, in a year or two, whoever I, I'll fight, take the t- title from them or defend. You know, it's gonna happen. So. I'm just worried about myself right now, and you know, getting up there first to the ranks.
5: Good luck Friday, cheers Nikita.
8: Thank you. Boxing source, please.
5: Hey there, Nikita. How's it going?
8: What's up, man? How's everything?
5: Doing good, doing good. How's the adjustment been from last year in 2019? You know, having about six fights to here in 2020, only being uh, involved in like two fights. Like, have you? like kind of change your regimen up as far as like training or has it been basically the same just being in the ring for two fights this year
8: Oh no it's just, it's the same thing you know no, no there's no change it's just corona you know kind of slowed things down but you know everything is still the same we're just stepping up stepping up the training that's pretty much the only difference and uh taking it more serious cuz you know when I started 2019 I you know I was 1-0 2-0 now I'm 9-0 you know and it's just going up from there but you know everything is still the same we just we're taking training more serious and, you know, just going up from there, everything's the same.
5: True. How is the contrast being in uh, Brooklyn in comparison to, like, uh, Richmond, Virginia? Being at Virginia is kind of a little bit of a change of pace, you know, a little bit slower than being in Wait, Brooklyn. Wait, what do you
8: mean? What do you mean, Richmond, Virginia? Like, because Oh, uh, what's that? What do, you, what, do you, what do you mean, Richmond, Virginia?
5: Like you like being around the Virginia area, correct?
8: Well, I was born there for, like, one day.
5: Oh, one day and then <laughs> so you uh,
8: just yeah, wish yeah. it like, Yeah, I, that's crazy. You know about that, but no, I was I was born there for one day, so you know I was literally born there and went back to Brooklyn. So you know, yeah. I only know about Brooklyn, New York.
5: Oh, okay, got gotcha. you. No problem, man. Thanks. Yeah, sorry.
8: <laughs> hey, Nakia, John here,
6: pro boxing fans. You're right. Yeah, how's everything? Uh, yeah, good, good. Um has the professional ranks gone pretty much as you expected? You're, you know, very good amateur. You're now 9-0. You know, what, what have you made of life in the professional ranks so far? And you fought in some of the best venues already. So, yeah, how do you sum it up?
8: I didn't, I didn't expect it at all, to be honest. You know, when I was going in, I had no idea what was going on, what I'm getting myself into. I just knew, you know, no headgears, 10-ounce gloves. And just fight, but I didn't know it was gonna be this crazy. It's like a, you know everything's going so quick. It's like a movie, fighting in the craziest venues. I didn't expect because I seen a lot of fighters. They start off their first three fights, four fights, they fight in like basketball courts and you know like just like beat up places. But just every fight is you know big venues, big stadiums. It's just you know unexpected. I did I you know I didn't expect none of this. So you know it's a it's a crazy adventure that I'm just going along with.
6: What does victory on Friday night do for you and your career?
8: What it does for me, just, you know, moving on to the next, you know, uh, one step closer to my dream, my goal. And, um, you know, just one step closer for everybody to know my name.
2: Cheers. Best of luck, Friday. Thank you. I'm going to thank so much for taking time to talk to us. You know, you, you mentioned at the very start that uh, your, they brought in your your switch in, in here. You know, I, I was talking to Michael Conlon before his first fight in, in in his bubble. He was mentioning talking about bringing in his PlayStation and having a more relaxed atmosphere during mm-hmm. fight week compared to how it was pre-pandemic. And that's something that you're also kind of noticing that there is a, a more relaxed, a more chill uh, atmosphere you know when you're not dealing with media workouts or any of the obligatory uh, fight week obligations here in the bubble?
8: Uh, I guess yeah you know it's a it's a little bit more relaxed Um, but yeah it's just you know I remember before it's, it's hard to think about how life was before because it just changed so quickly and you know everybody's adapting to it so it's like me thinking about you know before corona how everything was it's kind of like I can't like you know it's like did that wasn't really like that because life just literally flipped so quickly so it's like just imagining us walking without a mask you know in the public is like unbelievable you know what i mean because i feel like we're going to be walking with masks now forever who knows right so um yeah it's a little bit more relaxed yeah you know i'm a gamer you know i always i always gamed, always recorded always boxed my whole life you now so you know just even before corona always brought my switch always played it oh, no, before corona there was, no, there was no switch i think so um yeah, I'll always play on my PS4, always, you know, all that, you know, but yeah, that I answer
2: it? <laughs> um, you know, as far as, you know, that you mentioned, you know, life just life, it's kind of turning on its head, you know, just because of the coronavirus. D- did it feel easy, you know, after that first fight and when you kind of were starting to prepare for this next upcoming fight, did it feel like it was, you know, something that now just kind of seems secondhand nature that you kind of already know, what the deal is, you know, with gym restrictions and COVID um, regulations in place, does it now feel like it's now becoming a new normal instead of something that you're just going to have to deal with?
8: Yeah. So the, fir- the first time, you know, when I fought in August, it was everything, you know, I had no experience fighting during COVID. So, you know, everything was so weird. I remember always comparing everything that I'm doing new, I always compared it to like the old, but this is the second time I'm here, you know, and fighting in the bubble and it's like, it's like a normal, you know, it's like a norm now. It's, you know, I already know that, you know, you I can't leave this. I can't leave my room. I can't do this. Can't do that. And, you know, it just feels, I don't know. It feels normal to me. I'm not complaining.
2: <laughs> it, lastly, you know, has the pandemic sort of maybe changed how you view maybe what your goals are for 2021 or your project or your, your development as a fighter with, you know but the fights kind of being a little harder to make with everything that's been going on
8: uh it's it's just it's just the training i just you know at gyms you know they close now at 8 i think or 7 you know before i used to train you know twice at twice in a gym every single day now i'm training only in the morning and then training you know with my dad you know either outside or inside my home but you know it's, it's just the training i feel like everything else is the same you know fights you know fights are still happening fighting and you know everything is the same it's just you know i just hope they fix something with the gyms okay. so it could be trainier, easier to train at the gyms
0: is your debt causing you sleepless nights knock your debt out with debt ko And your debt won't be the only thing keeping you up at night. Debt KO. Free, impartial advice on all your debt.
6: This is Umar Ahmed for IFL TV in association with MTK Global. It's here. It's a, a massive fight week, a heavyweight fight week, two unbeaten Londoners, 50-50. Frank Warren, there isn't uh, much else to say now. The truth comes out on Saturday night. Dubois rejoice.
3: Joyce. Well, you're absolutely right, Umar. It's, uh, I mean, it's a fight we've all been waiting for since last April. Um, it's been postponed a few times, but finally, we're, we're, their guys will be getting in the ring on Saturday. And there's a lot on the line for it. You know, British... European, Commonwealth, WBC, silver belt, and the WB, WBO number two spot. So this is this is a, a massive fight for both of them, and the winner of this goes into next year with all those belts. So, um, you know, I, I'm expecting something a little bit special on the night.
6: Just quickly talk me through the decision to have this at uh, uh, the Westminster Church. It's a beautiful setting.
3: Well, it is a fantastic setting and the reason we, well, we, you know, we were trying to be a little bit innovative, um, basically a studio is a studio as I've always said, but we, uh, we struggled to get, uh, into BT studios for this one and your call was a bit of a problem. So we, uh, my son Henry found the venue and, uh, it's got tremendous history. You know, church house is, uh, it's, um, goes back many, many years. Parliament has sat there, uh, in the war um the first ever nato meeting was there it was bombed in the war and uh, there's certainly been some more bombs going off on saturday night so it's quite an appropriate venue but as you quite rightly say it's a beautiful venue hmm.
6: i said at the start it's a genuine 50 50 a lot of people in boxing and the fans read it like that and if you speak to both camps whether it's martin bowers daniel and yourself or you speak to sam jones joe joyce ishmael salas they just don't see a way they lose which is rare in boxing these days
3: well it is it's funny i was talking to somebody today and normally you get a sense of near a fight you think well look this guy's got you know has definitely got the beat in him and the other one's not fancying it too much but as you quite rightly say they both fancied the fight so much so when the board called for the british title fight they both said we are not backing out of it neither of them was prepared to back out so that's that's why the fight's there. They've, they're they so confident in their abilities uh, to beat each other. And when you look at them, they're two contract They've got such different contrasts in their experience. You've got Daniel who only had seven senior bouts as a as an amateur. Quite a good junior pedigree. And uh, sparred with everybody. And then you look at Joe has got this tremendous track record as an amateur. You know, Silver Oli- Olympics, silver medalist. Should have got the gold. He was robbed, I thought. Um uh, I think he a European gold medalist, champion, Commonwealth medalist. You know, all the way through, he's got a tremendous amateur pedigree. He's fought with everybody who's there. Probably most of the guys who turn pro now fought with him as an amateur. And uh, is it, you know, can, he, can this young kid, this new kid on the block, has he got what it takes to to, to beat Joe? We know he can punch, we know he can box. Or is Joe's experience going to be too much for him? And Joe can punch. And box two, he stopped 11 of his, sorry, 10 of his 11 opponents. And Daniel only has one guy who's gone to death with him. So I think it's going to be a very intriguing fight. And for me, it's going to be a fight about who, who can stamp their authority on the fight at the beginning. Who's Because it's not just going to be just they're going to just go in throwing bombs at each other, although that's that, that's that that could happen. But I think it's going to be who can stamp their authority on the fight and then start unloading. I don't think it's going to go the distance, whatever happens.
6: Okay. Perhaps the only people who see a clear winner are the bookies. Are you surprised, given Joe's pedigree and uh, the fact that he's got some world-class wins at professional level and won the best amateurs to come out of the country, the bookies have it in such favour? to so Daniel, are you surprised?
3: Uh, look, they, you know, bookmakers are, obviously make their book uh, according to how they see the fight, and uh, that's how they see it. You know, three to one, I think, as Joe, Joe said, he's a bit disingenuous to him. This is a tough fight. It's not going to be easy. You know, I fancy Daniel, as I've said, but he, he's going to, you know, for him to win, it's gonna, he's going to be at, at his best plus, you know, each fight he's learned from. He's brought something different to the ring each time he fights. And he's got, you know, that that experience that he's, that he's gained as a pro uh, and that that. That that sort of tunnel vision he's got he's got to really I'm sure he'll be focused but he's got to bring all that all that game all that game plan to the table and I know martin has been working extremely well on their with him on their tactics and obviously Joe will be doing the same thing at his end but you know to win the fight and to show that the bookmakers are, are correct in 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 the odds that they're giving uh, Daniel's really got to got to make you know, from the first round onwards. He's got to really jump on him and keep that momentum going all the way through. Just keep it. Then can't afford to slack off. You know everybody thinks that you know the sort of view I you know a lot of people I spoke to they feel Daniel early, Joe late, same as they did with Nathan Gorman. But you, you can't underestimate, and I'm certain Joe won't. You can't rest, underestimate Daniel's boxing ability. He's got a superb jab. And he's got a variety of punches, he's learned that over the course of his very short professional career. You know, when he fought Kevin Johnson, you know, very experienced journeyman, he was headhunting, headhunting. But you look since that fight, tremendous shots to the body Now He's framed some really good body shots, variation. So he learns, he's not, he's no fool, you know, and and uh, and with. You know Martin in there, working with him, they—they—he's—he's he's gone from leaps and bounds and so much so. For me, at this stage, as of today, he's the best young heavyweight I've seen from this country. Now Saturday will determine if he's going to be better.
6: To be fair, the only time we've seen Joe Joyce hurt in the ring is that left to the body that Brian Jennings threw in the first round. I'm sure Daniel will yeah. be looking at that shot.
3: I'm sure he was. I mean, obviously, you know, it's, it's been well spoken, but but. Joe came for it and went on to do what he had to do. The other way the other thing is now in this lockdown, Joe you've seen this, I see uh, I haven't seen him, but I see that um, photograph of Harry's body's changed, so he's not carrying some of that you know that weight he was throwing. So is that going is that gonna, another ponderable? Is that going to affect his speed? Is he going to be faster? Who knows we'll see on Saturday?
6: Of course, we know the significance that Dubois is just behind Usyk in the WBO, and practically the winner of this fight is in line for a world title next year. However, I don't think this question's been asked. If the fight is a a barnstormer, everyone's talking about it afterwards, it's a close fight, it's controversial, could we get a rematch next year? Look, if it's a barnstormer, you know there's going to be a rematch. That's
3: what happens. That's what the public want, and that's what we are want. And the both fighters will want that. They'll want it.
6: This uh, fight is so similar to George Crows and James DeGale, of course, the fight you put on, where we saw DeGale lose uh, a close fight. And he went on first to, to win a world title and dominate uh, the sport. And, of course, George Crows won a world title after that. So, the loser has still got a massive future in the sport.
3: Look, of course he has. I mean, absolutely, there's no doubt about that. I mean, I can even tell you one better than that. I didn't make the match and I was against it. But Amir Khan and Breeders Prescott. I got absolutely poleaxed in that first round within a couple of fights. I got him back in the swing and got him into the position to fight for a world title. So it's not the end. Look, you know, of course, we say the business is about winners, but also it's about grit and determination coming back from losses. And there are a lot of world-class fighters who've come back from losses and gone on to do some great things. So it's not the end of the world, whether it be Joe, whether it be Daniel for a loss. That's not the end of the world. It's great for the winner. 2021 for the winner is going to be like, well, they're going to get some Christmas present, aren't they, the winner? So that's going to be great for
6: them. But it's not the end of the world for the loser either. No, it isn't. But they're still putting their O's on the line. So well done to Joe and Dan. Uh,
3: Absolutely. Take your hats off. Hats hats off to them.
6: And of course, well done to, to yourself and BT as well for getting this on so early. Frank, next week, Lyndon Arthur and Anthony Yard, of course, meet in the ring. Could we have fans there? Or is it too soon to turn around?
3: I'll tell you what we're going to do. I've been thinking about it. I'm not going to sell. We're not going to. We, we will have fans there, but we're not going to sell tickets. What we're going to do, we're going to give the tickets to the, uh, the workers, care workers, all the ones all the ones who've worked hard in the epidemic, key workers. So we're going to, it's been, obviously, we can't, get everybody in there but we're gonna that's that's the audience to be made up of them and i'm inviting along also the chelsea pensioners because they weren't able to go and celebrate armistice day um this month like earlier this month so that's going to be that's going to be our invited audience we're inviting our audience that is what's going to no tickets for sale but we will have the public there but
6: they're going to be guests of ours as thanks for all what they've done that's a great touch there frank do we know how many roughly uh, can attend next next Saturday?
3: We don't know. We we can we, we find out. I think it's going to be about a 1,000, isn't it? Whatever it is. I'm, I'm not sure what the number's going to be. I think we find out some tomorrow. But whatever it is, that's what's going to happen.
6: Okay. But, yeah, next year, with this vaccine coming in place, these new rules allowing fans, you're hopeful that you're going to start selling tickets next year, Frank? Look, we've got, you know, uh, it's quite,
3: at the moment, there's a debate going on whether they should actually let, let, to be doing anything at the moment where we should continue with a lockdown and there's there's they're saying that you know this could cause another spike um I hope that's not the case I mean, where, my mind is that hopefully we can get some bums on seats in the first quarter of next year but it looks to me realistically we we've got a chance of full venues at the end of March April provided they start vaccinating people before then I think we've got a good chance of getting back to some form of normality as far as uh, a live audience is
9: concerned.
6: Okay. Next week, Tyson Fury was due to box a week or so ago. We learned that wasn't going to be the case. Just talk me through why Tyson isn't fighting on December fifth.
3: Well, he's not fighting because we couldn't. It, it, we couldn't get the timings right with uh, ESPN and British. We wanted to do it prime time. They wanted early hours, and, and that obviously affects the payments. So the money at the, at the end of the day, the money didn't work out. And it was a it was a great shame for Tyson because obviously I worked very you know, he asked to fight on the fifth and we moved heaven and earth to try and make it happen, but unfortunately it hasn't. So um what will happen now is uh, I'm sure he will be out sometime early next year. He'd be I'm sure he wants to get in the ring as soon as possible.
6: Oh, just lost you there, Frank. no right, you're back.
3: I've oh, got you back. Sorry, someone
6: called me. That's okay. Um okay, so you said that the money wasn't just there. Did you consider or BT consider maybe increasing the price of the pay-per-view to generate that revenue for Sison?
3: No, it just, it, just it, 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 it wasn't a case of that. It was a case, look, you, you, you have a certain price price model that you can work to, you know, you can't just turn around. The, the difference be so much, you'd have to be charging like 40 quid and that doesn't work. You know, the, the fact is, you know, it needed a live gate and, uh, and it, it just didn't, it couldn't stack up.
6: It was announced uh, last week that Anthony Joshua Kubrat Pulev will be 24.95 on Sky Pay-Per-View when it's normally 19.95. I know the Ruiz rematch was 24.95 but it was sold as because the fight's so big this is why the price has gone up. What did you make of that decision, Mascar?
3: Look, I can be the fans friend and say it's a liberty. I can do all that and slag slag Matram off into the ground but I have got to be realistic. Everyone's got to be realistic about it. You want to see Anthony, this is how it works. The only way it's going to happen is for Anthony Joshua to take less money. That's really the bottom line. He's a world heavyweight champion. Is he prepared to do that? Obviously, that's not the case. And they haven't got a live gate. None of us have got a live gate. And you've got to make it work. And that's the only way it can work. So that is it. You know, if Tyson, if that fight with Tyson had taken place on the 5th, that had been about the price mark we'd have been at. So I'm being very honest about it. That's what we'd have been at.
6: That play, Frank.
3: And, and I understand where the fans are coming from. I do appreciate that. But we're in unique, in a unique position at the moment. And I'm not going to be trying to score points and talking
6: bullshit over that. Frank, just before we go on a more positive note, give me the last sell. BT Sport One this Saturday night from 7.30. You should be tuning in to Dubois Joyce. But if you're thinking about it or considering not, why should you, Frank?
3: That venue, I said to you earlier, it's been bombed. It's where the Nelson of the Bismarck was sunk by Winston Churchill. It's going to be a historic night, another historic night. Lots of bombs are being, going to be thrown. And there's going to be a fighter coming through that who's going to be the next big thing. He's going to be named as being the next big thing in boxing. The next big thing. Here be the man. Here be the next big man.
6: Well, this weekend we'll find that if that's Dubois or Joyce, Frank Warren. Thank you very much, for talking to IFL TV. I'll see you when I I'll, I'll see you when I'm looking at you. <laughs> see you Saturday. Thanks, Frank. Down, mate. Be You okay? Yeah, all good. All good. All, everything. We're just waiting for our results now, but I know I'm clean. I've had it back down. Yeah. All right. Good see back. you again. Thank you, Frank. See you. Rob.
0: Is your debt causing you sleepless nights? Knock your debt out with Debt KO. <laughs> And your debt won't be the only thing keeping you up at night. Debt KO. Free, impartial advice on all your debt.